0: Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, Quarterback Edition. I'm Ian Harditz. Joining, but me is two, not one. Two PFF employees: Dwayne the Rock McFarland and resident preseason slash rankings expert Nathan Yonke. Dwayne, how are you?
1: I'm good, man. Anytime we get to have Nathan on, and it's not like him, you know, you know, beating me in a beating me in a draft. Like so, today we just get to talk. Like I don't have to worry about him beating me in an underdog draft. So I consider it. It's a win, Ian. It's a win. <laughs>
2: great day to be great. Nate, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. We are so close to the season, so now was just busy with everything all the time now that everyone's getting to do their fantasy drafts. Injuries are popping up. Dwayne, I, I was telling Nate this for a show. I can't lose the Tim Patrick and
0: Rondale Moore takes on injury. I can't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. If it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't meant to be. I can't have both these guys just not play this year. I don't want to overreact to the undisclosed injury with Rondale Moore, but what the hell is an undisclosed injury tag? Just tell us what the damn thing is. We know Zach Ertz has a calf issue. Is it a hangnail or is the guy's arm about to be amputated? Like,
1: come on, Dwayne. It's. The, it's the, I know what it is. It's the thing that makes us all go change our ranks just so we have to change them back again in uh-huh. like, you know, 45 minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the the Damian Pierce you know Monday he's the starter Tuesday Marlon Mack gets cut Wednesday Marlon Mack is resigned to <laughs> practice squad like that is just peak fantasy football right there but I love how I start a quarterback uh, episode off with some wide receiver and running back talk we are here to quickly go through the quarterback position set you guys up for final draft weekend and just get a good good look at the overall landscape you know as we are about to enter week one so fellas to start things off General strategy tips, want to look at regular redrafts, Superflex, and Auction have gotten some questions from the lovely listeners about those sort of formats. So, Dwayne, you know, we've done a number of these one quarterback redrafts together. It seems like our base strategy here, wait till round five or six. Don't get Josh Allen early. Don't get Joe Burrow early. Don't need to be looking at those guys. Jalen Hurts, Kyla Murray, rounds five, usually more like round six. If not, don't be afraid to play the waiting game.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you're just basically reading that tier. Kyler Murray, um, Jalen Hurts, um, you can throw Lamar Jackson, like he typically goes the first out of those trio. But essentially what you're looking for, and again, here's why, just really quickly. So over the last, you know, if you look at the last 10 years worth of data, over like the last four, the number one quarterback has been outscoring the number 12 quarterback by more and more. And like the QB 15, so if you really wait, by even more than that. But if you just look at it, QB 1 versus QB 6, because of the pool of dual threat quarterbacks we have, it's really not that different. So all you're trying to do is not take Josh Allen, let someone else use that pick, right? You're gonna spend that you're you're not gonna use that opportunity cost, right? You're gonna use that on a running back, you're gonna use it on a receiver, tight. It could be Kyle Pitts, whatever you want. It doesn't matter. You you take the spot you want. And then you just wanna make sure you get one of these guys to basically offset you know, what Josh Allen's going to do. Josh Allen's probably still going to be the QB one, but if he's only outscoring your player by one or two points, that's fine. What you don't want to be, you know, is getting outscoring, you know, five, 10 points a game by Josh Allen. The other part of it is just where the tiers get flat, right? At running back and receiver. So that's really the spot where it starts to happen. I, I think round six is the sweet spot. If you want to start it in round five, but I think we've gotten more comfortable with a lot of guys in rounds in round five. So typically round six, where I pull the trigger and sometimes I can even let it go to round seven depending on how many of those guys are available when you pick and where you are on the board.
0: It does seem like more and more we get one of those guys to fall down to round six, and it's just not being too uh, picky about it. Nathan, like I'm looking at your ranks on PFF.com, also on the new Pro Football Focus app. Sign up for a free week of PFF Plus today, and all three of us, and I think a lot of people in the industry have the same top six quarterbacks. In some order, it's Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, and Kylo Murray. Nathan, do you consider this? Maybe not one complete tier, but man, it's tough to look at guys like Hurts and Kyler going at round six like why take a Mahomes or Lamar if you if you don't have to in round four when we have those guys for us right there in round six
2: yeah I completely agree with you guys on this stuff I would wait I'm okay with taking Lamar Jackson in round five I am really high on him this year now that he is healthy a lot of that offense is healthy they've added some key pieces to that offense so I am happy to get Lamar Jackson since he is my quarterback too if he's there in round five but also perfectly happy to get Hurts or Murray in round six again
0: Do not need to panic if you don't get those guys like that's that's what we just try to stress the most. I mean, if you don't get your quarterback in round six, your next thought shouldn't be, man, I missed round six. Now I better get the next best guy in round seven. Wait, chill. You're going to have Kirk Cousins, Matthew Staff or Derek Carr, even Justin Fields going deep into the double digit rounds. Potentially, there will be value for you, particularly at quarterback. With that said, though, that's one quarterback. It's redraft. Guys, let's talk a little Superflex here. For those that don't know, Superflex, two-quarterback format. You are allowed to play another quarterback in your Superflex, and just because of the way the scoring works out, you're going to want to do that nine times out of ten. I have a – I wouldn't call it a privilege, but, you know, I've done, done a Superflex draft before. I've gotten to my pick, you know, 108 or something, and I've said, you know what? This uh, this okay quarterback would be cool, but Jonathan Taylor would be a lot cooler. And then I get to round two, and it's like, wow, CeeDee Lamb or Devontae Adams. Like, I can get this great wide receiver here as well. Dwayne, it looks great for a second. And then you actually look at your roster at the end of the day and you go, why the hell did I just, you know, fade quarterback in the first two rounds in a super flex league? I'm going to lose every freaking game I have on this schedule. I don't think you need, need, need to do the first two rounds at quarterback. But really, I think in the first three rounds, if you don't have two quarterbacks by the end of the first three rounds, your backs should be up against the wall a bit.
1: Yeah, typically I'm trying to get to in the first three rounds. I, you don't have to do it because in a super flex, it is weird. Sometimes like a crazy value will fall to you. Like I've been in super flex drafts where Jonathan Taylor fell to pick 11. So it's like, you got to be okay with that. Okay, fine. I'm going to go ahead and take Jonathan Taylor. Then I'm going to turn around whoever it is, you know, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, you know, you're taking in round two. That's typically someone that's available there. And then in round three, you know, coming back, you may even or you might you might be depending on your draft position, you may be able to wait till round four and maybe get a little more aggressive on somebody like a Justin Fields or someone like that. Ian, that we've talked about with upside. Um, But yeah, I typically want to come away with two out of three, but I don't want to totally close myself off, you know, to taking a value if it falls in my lap in a super flex.
0: Nathan, similar sentiment. Again, looking at your rankings right now, you do still have, you know, some guys uh, infiltrating the top, top eight, top ten or so. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup. Not saying you can't take one of those guys round ones, but you know, we, we've, we've tried to play the zero QB game in superflex before, and it just doesn't go pretty.
2: Uh yeah, I definitely agree. You want two quarterbacks in the first three rounds, and it really depends on like how many people are in your league, know your league. Some I've been in some superflexes where just quarterbacks are all round one plenty in round two and some where a lot of people wait because they see Jonathan Taylor Cooper cup and I'm like, I'm going to get that guy. So definitely know who's in your league, know who they're drafting to get that strategy. But best case scenario, if you can get two quarterbacks out of the top 15 then you're going to put yourself in really good shape.
0: Auction format. Always a good time. I missed my auction draft this year. I actually had to get Dwayne himself to fill in for me, you know, freaking one of my best friends had to selfishly get married the Friday before the expo. So couldn't quite get there, had to set the priorities. I was trying
1: story. to recruit Nate to come do it. with me. <laughs> he, he wasn't feeling so well, yeah. but it was going to be a, it was going to, it was going to be me and Nate teaming up on that one. So I, I hate that we didn't get to hang out and do that.
0: So I don't want to come across here just trying to, you know, be all high and mighty, acting like I know everything there is to know about auction drafts. I will say, having done a, hand few, a handful over the last few years, um, Dwayne, and again, you, you're the one probably with the most recent experience with this. I just feel like the important thing in these auction drafts, man, everyone's so ready to go. Like it's auction. You got your auctioneer up there yelling, you know, it's a, it's a big room. You want to kind of make a statement early. I think if you could honestly just let the first 5-10 picks go by and not really do anything, you might be better off at the end because people just want to bid things up so much early. So for me, at quarterback and just auction strategy in general, man, I like to wait a little bit because I just think that we're not – We're I think we're naturally going to see the guys that are basically bid first – those guys are probably going to end up having sa- salaries and price tags that are going far higher than players that could very well be ranked pretty close to them. But that's just, you know, naturally going to happen because as we get deeper into the draft, there's less money to spend.
1: Yeah. I mean, I kind of just treat it you know, honestly, a lot of the way I think about auction is just think about the way your snake drafts go, right? And you know basically what the round values are on these players, and then you know how much salary cap you have, you know, and you're just essentially dividing. If you know you've got to start, like, 15 roster spots, you've got $200, you know what your average is per player. And then I, I typically, like... If it's a league that has a lot of flex players, I try to spend 20% or less, right, as my max on a player. If it's a if it's a shallower league where you don't have a bunch of flex, maybe you just have two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, you know, a kicker, a quarterback, maybe one flex. Then you can spend more, right? A little bit more on your starters. So you just have to adapt. But as far as like the way that I handle the quarterbacks, it's similar. Like I'm really targeting one of the quarterbacks we talked about. So I want Lamar Jackson. I want Kyler Murray. I want Jalen Hurts. If I can't get one of them, I'm willing to go after Trey Lance. If I miss on them, my backup plan is Tom Brady. My backup plan, you know, is one of the the other guys that we talked about. So to your point, like a lot of times there will be higher spending early, but you have to be careful. And like Nathan said a minute ago, you got to know your league. Sometimes I've also you know, seeing people get stuck, right. Just shopping for value. Right. And then the value doesn't work out. So one thing, you know, and if you folks don't follow, um, you know, Drew Davenport on Twitter, he's awesome. He puts out so much great auction content. Honestly, everything I learn, most of it's from learning from reading his stuff because I don't do near as many auctions as he does. He spends all of his time thinking about it. And so you guys should check him out over on Twitter. But whenever I'm thinking about like quarterbacks or whatever position, Like one strategy is like, you don't want to be getting the last player in the tier, right? Cause that will sometimes drive up, you know, the price of that last player. So, one strategy you can do maybe a couple quarterbacks go and then you go ahead and pop the top on a tier. You don't have to get the player, but you're just getting a feel for like what's their price going to be. Then you start calculating okay what are the rest of the players in this tier are they going to be similar but then kind of the the bar's already been set and you've kind of got an idea of what it's going to look like in your league and then basically i'll just get in on every one of those quarterbacks until i get one of the four for less than what i really wanted them that's that's the hope you may not get one of them you may have to still pivot but that's kind of the way i think about handling really all my positions and my tiers um, but specifically quarterback
0: you say in the middle of that no more than 20 percent any one player that's your general rule of thumb
1: If there's a lot of like that's in a league where you got one quarterback, two running backs, you know, three right wide receivers and three flex like Mm -hmm. at the Kings classic out, you know, in Canton. That's what it was. So like in a league like that, man, you can't spend 25 percent on one of your players. Your flex players are going to be terrible. Um, And like (laughs) if you can if you can get three solid players in the flex by spending a little bit less on your top end of your roster, you're going to be better off. And honestly, that's one way where auctions, if you're thinking ahead and you're really mapping out the way you're going to spend you can actually do a lot better job than what you would do, uh, you know, in a snake draft because you're not, you're not just left to who's available to you at your pick. Right. But you're really strategizing. I'm going to spend a little, I'm not going to go after CMC. I'm not going to, you know, you know, obviously you see what they go for, but you're not going to blow, you know, all your money on those players. But whenever you get down, you're going to look down at your flex players and you're going to have a lot of guys that are ranked inside, you know, maybe your top 100 where other people just have, some stars and then they have total scrubs that they have no idea if they're going to get anything out of on those flex spots so it really does depend on the format
0: definitely depends on the format and do you change that 20 percent across position just you know running backs wide receivers maybe a little more yeah, like never spend up. that
1: much on quarterback no okay yeah makes sense yeah typically quarterback like in a league like that it's probably five percent is my max but you know it's got to be somebody i really like you know to even get to that
0: Well, I'm happy we got a nice little primer on auctions from Drew on behalf of Dwayne here. Nathan,
2: anything else to add about auction format? Thanks, Drew. (laughs) Yeah, just the one thing with quarterbacks this year is there are at least 12 quarterbacks that you can be comfortable starting with this year. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford. One of those quarterbacks is going to be a backup to someone. So if you don't end up with one of those top six quarterbacks, I would definitely just keep waiting, let everyone else get their quarterback and then you can get your quarterback after everyone else has already spent on theirs.
0: Unless you're in some of these drafts, Dwayne and I have seen an FFPC where we got dudes doubling up as we're just hoping for someone to come back there but no that that is a great point and you know it is tough to assume rational drafting uh you know from the entire league and you guys if it's a home league especially you guys definitely know the source of people in there that might be mm-hmm. doing uh irrational things but it is a great point at a minimum to look ahead on uh on the tiers and some that Dwayne especially does a great job while we're drafting like see who, who has quarterbacks who doesn't have quarterbacks that should help you know only make your decision making that much stronger as you're trying to decide whether or not to wait on someone so Got some of the general strategy tips out of the way. Good job, gentlemen. Now, let's get to a few more player-specific things. Again, August 31st here. Regular season is eight days away. Had the We got a fun little thing going to PFF, uh, general Slack chat, where you know every day we got a new uh, former NFL player with the jersey number there. So it was Mark Brunel with the Jaguars uh, showing out today. But, fellas, Dwayne, starting with you. The single cheapest quarterback that you would feel comfortable starting in week one. And why is it Justin Fields?
1: Come on. <laughs> um, Justin Fields I don't feel as comfortable I think he's the the main upside guy for me if you miss but the the latest quarterback I would feel comfortable starting and I just know they have a good floor is Kirk Cousins right now if you look over at Fantasy Pros like um, he's going ADP 15 and pretty much home leagues that's looking at ESPN fan Track, sleeper that's what I've got this one sorted to so Kirk Cousins at 15 you got Derek Carr at 14 those guys are like where I put the cutoff to the tier, and then to your point, Ian, I do have one mini tier below that with only one name in it, and it's Justin Fields. Um, and, and you know, so it depends on what you're trying to do. If you're really trying to swing for the upside, and you want it, you know, because we know like if a quarterback rushes for 750 yards, which fields that could be in his wheelhouse, like if you do that, you're pretty much a lock to finish as a top 10 quarterback, right? And then if he does. Anything on top of that, he gives you top six upside. You're probably not getting that with Kirk Cousins. But the way I look at Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr, it's basically, an, it's basically an arbitrage play on what people are getting with Joe Burrow and Tom Brady, right? These are traditional drop-back passers. They're in really good offenses. If you look at Derek Carr and the Raiders, they're going to have to throw the ball all the time. 56% of the matchups in the AFC and NFC West are scheduled to go over 50 points, by far the most across any two divisions in football. And we know they've got Devontae Adams, you've got Hunter Renfro, you've got Darren Waller, hopefully about to get some more money. Um, I know your favorite, Ian Amir Abdullah. You can't underrate Amir Abdullah out of the back. Never. No. Yeah. So I like those guys. I think potentially with one of those, you get lucky, right? And you have a year where maybe you get, you know, a 5,000 yard passing um, season. Maybe you get close to 40 touchdowns with the upgrades that you've got with Carr. And then Cousins, obviously, with the new offensive coordinator, maybe they open things up a little bit.
0: Carr and Cousins going over 50 picks past Joe Burrow in terms of overall draft position. To me, those do stand out as the guys that you definitely feel the best about having. there. Justin Fields. Yes, I do think that that rushing upside is tough to ignore and like just by, you know, saying like the late round quarterback of the of, of the year, someone regularly going outside the top 100 picks, uh, I do think Fields certainly makes a lot of sense there. I will say when I do have, you know, like I put my, my money where my mouth is, if I am going with Justin Fields as my first quarterback Back off the board I'm usually still even looking for someone potentially like a Jameis or hopefully more ideally Justin Fields is the one that falls and you already have a Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins there so another point though maybe don't take a Jameis because he might just be on the waiver wire anyway Nathan where do you kind of draw a line here I heard you say before that there's 10 quarterbacks that you kind of feel comfortable starting so really are you prioritizing getting to you know the Aaron Rodgers Russell Wilson of the world well ahead of someone like Cousins and Carr
2: Um, yeah, I'd say there's at least the 12, I'd say 13, but uh, Kirk Cousins, I'm very happy with and Justin Fields even last year, the last four games that he both started and finished, he was a top 10 fantasy quarterback. So we figured things out as the season went on. I know he doesn't have the wide receivers, but as long as he has the rushing, he's going to be fine in a fantasy perspective. Like if you look at quarterbacks on the graph with their passing and rushing production last year, he looks closer to Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts than he does the rest of the quarterbacks because he does have that rushing and a little bit of the lack of passing. But hopefully with the Duke offense, he'll pick that up as the season goes on.
0: We just unironically touted Taysom Hill as a great streamer for like two straight years playing quarterback. This dude can barely, you know, throw a football forty yards seemingly. Like, can we just get behind Justin Fields a little bit here in the late rounds, everyone? Like, we've seen. He doesn't this. have
1: the. He doesn't have the same grit that Taysom Hill. Does. Come <laughs> on, man. <laughs> can't
0: can't quite put my uh, finger can't on quantify it, but, the grit, man. Yeah, I can't quite figure out why. All right, uh, with that in mind, though, guys. quarterback outside the top six again the consensus top six Allen, mahomes herbert jackson murray jalen hurts if someone tells you that they're like oh my god this is the year jalen hurts like okay thank you i'm not sure if there's a single person in the industry really disagreeing with that but the quarterback outside the top six you realistically think can finish in the top three curveball nathan you're up first
2: (laughs) um trey lance is the easy one there for me just because he has that rushing upside he ran so much when he was a starter in the one game was the top 10 quarterback the other game we talk all about these russian quarterbacks but lance has so much talent around him at wide receiver at tight end that i think he can take advantage of it he likes making the big plays he throws deep so much more than jimmy g ever did in san francisco so yeah he might not be the most accurate or make the best decisions all the time but i don't think that's going to matter too much from a fantasy football perspective so Definitely him, but like guys like Brady and Rogers have been top three plenty in their career, so they could easily do it again.
0: Dwayne, I think I saw was a underdog fan who's hating Winks bring up the point where like if Trey Lance, if he wasn't going to work out and he was just going to bust on his own, like okay, the pick was going to be a waste anyway. Now that Jimmy G's there, like if he gets benched instead of just sucking, like does it really make that big of a difference? I don't know. I'm still wrapping my mind around the take. I guess I think it does.
1: T- it does. It yeah. does matter because the rushing is all we care about. Like Tim Tebow sucked and he scored a lot of fantasy points. Taysom Hill sucked. He scored a lot of fantasy points. Like The benching concern, I get it. It changes, but the upside remains the same. Like Just like what Nathan's talking about, the clear pick for me would be Trey Lance because of the reasons we talked about with rushing just like what we talked about with Fields, but he's got Debo Samuel. He's got George Kittle. He's got Brandon Ayuk. If he somehow does take a step forward in the passing game, And again, NFC West is going to have to play in a lot of shootout games. 49ers want to play slow. I don't know that they'll they'll be able to play as slow this year with all the good quarterbacks that they're going to have to play. I mean, there's a chance like he goes nuclear, right? There's a chance that he, you know, he's got, he's got QB one overall in his range of outcomes. Look, nobody's saying that he's going to get there more times than Josh Allen, folks. Like, as you say, Ian, if we ran the simulation a hundred times, maybe one time Trey Lance gets there and Josh Allen probably gets there like 30 times. Um, So, it's a situation where Trey Lance is my number one. And then but just some of the other guys Nathan hit on. Look, I mean, Tom Brady was number two last year. Okay. I mean, and we're, you're, I know Chris Godwin's going to start slow, but they added Julio at least. Russell Gage is going to help take over for Antonio Brown. Another guys Russell Wilson. You know, Russ is not a complete zero, you know, on the ground. I know last year he didn't do a lot. Um, but if you look even the year before, I believe it was just the year before where he was actually over 500 yards rushing. So that's not a complete zero. Um, and then, He's in a better offense. And so it's just a situation. Well, sorry, it was uh he had four eleven. Uh nope, sorry. Anyway, my bad. He had 500. <laughs> Trust me, guys. Yeah. 511. My bad. I knew I had it like, but, you, you know, go. sometimes when you haven't talked about it in a while, he had 186 last year, but 511, you know, on the ground in 2020 when he played a full season. Now you have Cortland Sutton. You've got Jerry Judy. You've got KJ Hamler. Looks like he's going to be healthy. Um, You know, maybe the shadow of Albert O is going to play. I don't know. Like we're going to see Uh, he's going to at least have a chance. But I mean, and again, it's in the it's in the division where they're going to have to throw the ball a lot to win games. I know. I know they want to run the ball more they want to use their defense and they want to you know really win through passing efficiency but there's just a chance they have to throw the ball more than what they're really expecting as well because of the schedule so i think brady russ wilson you know those are easy ones
0: i feel like sometimes we're just telling people what they already know with these dual threat quarterbacks but then i look at some of the adps we've seen from these young dual threat quarterbacks over the years that have gone on to borderline break fantasy and you know what i don't mind repeating myself in 2018 mahomes was the qb15 and adp before that season lamar qb11 in 2019 josh allen qb11 2021 jalen hurts qb12 i'm ready to add 2022 trey lance qb13 adp to that list hey with jimmy g back there if that's gonna keep the adp down sign me up please hey where do you
1: guys guys have lance where do you guys have lance did you move him at all i didn't move no nope qb7 I have seven. Ian, seven. Where are you at, Nathan?
2: I have him eight under Joe
1: Burrow. Oh wow, that's, that's such a disappointment. <laughs> I know, Come on, I'm, sorry. I'm not drafting Joe Burrow. And I eight. feel like you're like probably like if there's a Lance Truther, it's it's probably you. He's still going to get you, plenty you, you of you have Lance him below us. Come yeah. on. <laughs> I have to give him a hard time. He's never on here yeah. with us, Ian.
0: Oh my! All right, top twelve quarterback who you don't find yourself drafting, Nate. I think you just said it, Joe Burrow. Come on.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Joe Burrow, I'll also say Dak Prescott's one that, with the like, everything about the offense is taking a step in the wrong direction this year. They lost one of their wide receivers. The running backs are getting older. They've lost two of their four best offensive linemen. Another one of those four just got hurt and is out for a significant period of time. And all they've done is replace them with in house people. Um, yeah, they added a couple people through the draft here and there, but everything about the offense looks like it's going to be worse than it was before. So um, yeah, I stopped them in the top 12, but I haven't been drafting much of them. I was memeing on Twitter, trying to be funny, you know, with
0: all my internet friends that I've never met or anything. But, okay, it was like the Nathan for you meme. Like, I hope you're hungry for nothing. Like, that's what the Cowboys did for Dak Prescott in this offense this year. The offensive line is worse. They did not replace Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup is hurt. You couldn't even, like, go get Malik freaking Turner, who the 49ers decided to wave. Like, do anything. Please, Noah Brown is your number two, unironically a number two wide receiver for the Cowboys. And I can't wrap my freaking head around it, man. The Browns and then the Raiders and then the Cowboys. These are the only three teams with over 18 million in effective cap space. The Browns is a little bit wonky because of the Watson, you know, what they're doing year one of the contract. I understand there's some opportunities down the road and guys are going to have to pay and stuff. That's what Cowboys fans always love to yell at me when I complain about this. But I don't know. Next year is also the first year they can even think about getting out of the Zeke contract, so... I don't know, man. A hey, Credit to Jerry and company. They continue to be, you know, number one in the whole making money thing, which I guess you could argue is the goal. But I, I just I think this season's setting up for McCarthy and uh, Dak to be scapegoats when it's unfortunate that uh, they weren't exactly put in that good of a position to succeed. Dwayne, are you with Nate on the uh, Burrow and Dak top 12? Not complete fades, but we certainly haven't been drafting much of them.
1: Well, I um, mean, yeah, the big thing for Burrow is just what you mentioned earlier. He's going pick 56 right now um, based on ADP, and you get Tom Brady 83. So they're right next to each other. Like, I, I fine, you want to put Joe Burrow one ahead, one slot ahead of Tom Brady, I don't disagree with that. But I'm definitely not taking Joe Burrow 30 picks earlier, even if I draft Jamar Chase in the first round, and there's a fire. Like, I'm still not <laughs> drafting Joe Burrow there. Um, and Dak, you know, we've talked about him. I've already moved him out of my, out of my top 12 for the same reasons that Nate talked about. Um, I moved him into technically my tier two a, so I don't even have him as a tier one quarterback this year. I still like him. Like he's in the same tier though, with Kirk cousins with Derek Carr, the other guys. Um, and then I would say the one other one that's similar is Aaron Rogers. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, we just don't know. Like, yeah, we've seen him for brief stints without Devonte Adams. We've not seen him for a whole season without Devonte Adams. And as much as you know, we all love Aaron Jones and we all hate Alan Lazard. Um, sorry, I'm speaking for you guys. <laughs> but I feel comfortable doing it just because I hate him so much. Anyway, um, no, so like with, with Rogers, it's the same thing, um, you know, and he's still going QB 10, which is kind of surprising. So to me, I have those guys all grouped together below technically what I would call my tier one quarterback. So really don't get many of those unless they fall past ADP. And I miss on one of my targets in the middle rounds that have that dual threat capability.
0: Cannot stress enough. Again, we're drawing that line cousins car, Justin Fields, you don't need to draft anyone after that in one quarterback redraft league. So you're going to have time before your bye week to get someone that's going to be able to fill that spot perfectly fine. There's no need to keep a roster spot. Like get a running back, get a wide receiver, get someone who has a true chance to boom in value instead of a quarterback that, again, be, because you have already drafted one of these guys, just does not have a good chance of really making that leap. And again, after fields, none of these guys, maybe Trevor Lawrence, like we've seen a little bit of a Hype. Um, I don't want to completely on everyone that uh thinks that one of these guys can break out but there's a reason why there's you know a pretty firm line there at the qb 16 qb 17 mark we're just not seeing the same archetypes at at available that late in the draft fellas had a few specific questions but we touched on them because you know we're just going around the round and it continues to be a great day to be great dwayne any final words for people that have their draft this weekend. They're looking to ace the quarterback position. Maybe, uh, Hey, if you want to give strategy advice, that's fine. If you just want to try to get some positive vibes going, that's fine, man. The floor is yours.
1: Yeah. I think the biggest thing is just realize that you can be patient. Just don't force anything. Like there's so many outs, like it's like, okay, door number one's closed. There's door number two, door number three, door number four. Like it's really hard to get cut off. And one thing that I do hear a lot, um, you know, and this kind of goes back to the know your league thing. Someone, people will come ask, they'll be like, well, what if I'm in a league and it's a one QB league where all the quarterbacks just go early? Like I got to take one. And my thought is no, actually it's the opposite. If they're going to do that, and they're going to let all of these, you know, even more valuable running backs, receivers and tight ends that shouldn't be available, you know, in your draft, maybe in round three, round four, the way to defeat those, you know, opponents, is to just pound them at those other positions, right? And you're just picking up so many points. And then they're going to switch over to the skill positions. And later, guess what? They're going to be off of quarterback for a while, and you're just going to sit back and wait. And then finally, maybe one of them takes their second quarterback, even if you wait that late. And then you scoop up your quarterback. So even in that kind of scenario, actually, the wrong thing to do is to follow. Right. If everybody starts taking quarterbacks in a one QB league, folks in Superflex already talked about. If everybody starts taking quarterbacks, you better get your two. But in a single QB league, it's just, you know, a situation where I I love it when I see that happening. I want to sit back and wait and just be patient and scoop up all the value at the other positions.
0: Don't be afraid to ask if it is super flex. I'm still dying when, uh, Dwayne, we had Rich Rebar on here and I was like, Rich, <laughs> you went, I was like, Rich, you went Jonathan Taylor one-on-one in our super flex today. Like, what was the reasoning behind that? And he's like, yeah, the reasoning was I didn't know it was a super flex draft. <laughs> so, uh, even if that helped one person, make sure to check out those league rules, Nathan, any final quarterback thoughts for our lovely listeners?
2: Uh, Yeah, I agree with Dwayne. And the last thing I'll say, since I don't think we hyped up Jalen Hurts enough here, as Jalen Hurts, I think he's going to do really well this season. I think they're going to pass a lot more. They have enough good weapons this year, unlike last year with having A.J. Brown at number one and being able to push everyone down a spot on the receiving depth chart. I think that'll work wonders for him. They have a great offensive line, and he's going to run all the time. So I could see him having a huge year. So if you can get him in round six, you can be very happy about that. Reigning
0: QB six and fantasy points per game. Reigning QB nine overall. Jalen freaking hurts. He's not going anywhere. If anything, should only be better. Dynasty. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe it's going to be fantastic, at least for the year 2022. All wheels up for Jalen Hurts. Thank you, guys. As always, for tuning to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, this has been our quarterback preview. We'll be right back with running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends to follow. And as always, plenty of goodness on PFF.com. If you guys have more questions, more ranking, just predicaments, start sits, anything of that nature, please check out the new PFF app available, Apple Store, Spotify, wherever the hell you go to download apps in the year 2022. My Nathan. Dwayne, Kevin Cole, all of our rankings continuously updated throughout the week and will be throughout the season. Loads of cool stuff. Like just basically taking the premium tools that you guys already come to PFF for, organizing them, making them look pretty, making them actionable, and giving you the one spot, one stop shop for all things fantasy football. So make sure you guys check that out. And hey, if you like it and want to leave a review, go ahead, be truthful, be true to yourself. But, you know, if you're feeling it, then that's cool too. So, for Dwayne, for Nathan, I'm Ian. Thanks for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. And until next time, take care and fun.